the Pinball Network is online. Launching Final Round Pinball Podcast. Player versus player and player versus machine. Welcome to the final round. Welcome to year number four of the final round. Marty, four years now. We're in our fourth. And Twippy nominated podcast, I'll also add to you. <laughs> Can you believe it? This is the final round pinball podcast episode something. We'll have to insert a number in. I can't remember. It's very early here. It's really early here. Yeah, we're recording this Friday afternoon for me, Saturday morning for you. Sorry, Marty's not drunk yet. Yet. (laughs) That will change. It's 8.30 in the morning. Give me at least another 15 minutes. Exactly. Although you're on your way to get a little boozed up. Admit it. That is true. I am. I'm going to Four Pillars for gin tasting and... mm, Mm-hmm. Yeah. A must if you're in the Melbourne area, for sure. So nominated. You know what sucks is that we were nominated because it would have been so easy to say, you know what? Let's just not do it anymore. No one gives a shit. Now we got to <laughs> fucking do it another year. Now there's expectations. My, my question is, um, if we're in and we weren't in last year, who got knocked out this year? Because it's always there's always been a bit of controversy around the, the podcast. Well, besides the controversy around who always wins. The, the other controversy is around people that don't make it. Like, remember the first year that Loser Kid didn't make it? Everyone was just like, what the fuck? So who, who did we knock out? And we're sorry because we didn't want to be in it. I have no idea. I pay so little attention to it, as you know. I don't vote. I... Don't beg for votes. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's nice to be nominated. That's great. It's awesome. Cool. But um, I don't know. It's uh, I, I saw somebody post something. This has nothing to do with podcasts. I think it was a streamer. And they're a really good streamer. I think their name is Geek Gamer out of the Northwest. Yeah, Geek Gamer TV. Yep. They do a great job. Yeah. They do a lot of those Northwest championships. And they wrote this long note about being bummed that they weren't nominated uh, for streamers. I have to think there's more streamers than there are podcasts because... To me, the streamer that didn't get nominated that just jumped off the chart was Laserlos. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed that. Like, nobody streams more than him. So, volume alone, and not to mention how funny he is and, you know, everything else. But we don't know. He may have told people not to vote for him like we did. Well, (laughs) I mentioned that a few years ago to Twip. I'm like, just take me off the fucking ballot. I don't care. Honestly, you, me, we don't care about this. And I know it does matter to some people. That's great. That's awesome. Fill your boots. Were you bummed last year we weren't nominated? I was like, ah, maybe maybe we're not good. Maybe we should call today. No, I, again, I, because we had actively been quite disinterested in the whole process, I wasn't surprised and didn't bother me at all. And, and as we've always said, you know, there was a year, and we've been told this, that it was so close between head-to-head and the winner that had we actually asked for votes, we would have won. But we didn't want to mm. win. We still don't want to win. So it, it's just, you know, it's just a, a non-thing. It's better if we, listen, it's better if you hate us and we hate you. It's yes. just so, no one gets hurt that way. That's the perfect balance in the world. Can, can I just, I just want to ask you a couple of questions about the Twippies if I can. Fuck. Yeah, I'm the guy to ask. Go ahead. Okay. 
So I just want to talk to you about the games that are eligible for a Twippy. Okay. So, and I just want to say that this is the eligibility Christ, um, category. This is for the games, not all the writing categories. This is for the games. This is games that are eligible if they are shipping or have shipped between the 1st of December 2021 and the 1st of December 2022. Okay. Remakes are eligible for categories in which significant changes have been made. Okay, there you go. I have no idea where you're going, but I think, I, like, you, we have not discussed this. I know exactly what you're about to say. Can I guess? Go, sure. So not on the list this year, even though it was announced in 2022, is Scooby-Doo. Because they didn't produce any machines. Whereas Haggis announced in 2021 that Fathom would come up. You said remakes don't count? That makes no sense. Uh, Remakes are eligible for categories in which significant changes. So Haggis uh did fathom in 2021 but didn't actually ship until 2022 so they should be eligible in 2022 is that where you're going i'm just guessing yeah so they're not on the list okay bullshit no not on the list so not not bullshit no no wait 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 right so they're not they're not eligible for the main categories like game of the year because it's a remake effectively right okay so going by that logic Let's have a look at the nominees for Best Animations and Display. Uh, you've got Rush by Stern, Toy Story 4, Jersey Jake, Weird Al's Museum of Natural Hilarity, James Bond 007, Flipper, Foxtrot, Rhythm, Explosion, Super Hoop by Bit- Bitronic, Funhouse 2.0, Rudy's Nightmare, mm-hmm. and Cactus Canyon Remake by Chicago Gaming. Oh. That's a bit interesting, isn't it? It's not fair. It's not consistent. So let's have a look at best sound. Is that what you're getting at? Am I am I on the right path? Yeah, yeah. No, am I guessing yeah, correct? Not not there. So best sound. You don't have um, Cactus Canyon there because again, it's the like for like sound. But you do have Funhouse 2.0, Rudy's Nightmare there. Different callouts, different music. I don't know. Best sound. Yeah, yeah, probably. But also, so best rules. This is the Lyman F. Sheets Junior Award. Uh, Funhouse 2.0 is there, and yet um, Fathom has completely new rule set. Best animations and display. From what I can remember, Fathom had no animations and displays when it originally came out. Hmm. So now it's got two LCD screens. Best sound, new callouts, the whole thing. Anyway, there you go. Just what I thought I'd bring up. What are your thoughts, Jeff? You and I did not discuss what we no, were going we to didn't. talk about. No, we didn't. So this is the first I've heard this, and I kind of, when you asked me the question, and you know how I feel about it, I kind of, let me think what Marty could be up. Oh, hey, wait a second. There's a big void here. It's bullshit. There's no other way to put it. It's bullshit. There, you can't say it's allowed for this machine, which are remakes and new rules, but not this one, which has you know, different sounds, different callouts. All, yeah, Haggis got host. That's not fair. I'll say it for you. I'm saying it for you. I'm not saying anything. But what I'm just going to reiterate is... I'm saying it for me then. Remakes are eligible for categories in which significant changes have been made. Do you think there's been significant changes made? Yes. Oh, okay. 100%. Cool. Oh, I, I have no opinion on the matter. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Like the displays on the apron, a whole new set of code. You've got the different GI, callouts, everything sounds. It's it's night and day different game. For sure. 
And so is Funhouse for the exact same reason Funhouse 2 is. Exact same reason. Yep. It's a different game. It's it's similar layouts. And and another calling out bullshit. Fuck, wasn't Supreme nominated years ago? You want to talk about remakes? Oh, this is a reskin. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Mm, sure. Anyway, <laughs> again. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny because I. See, I don't. <laughs> I can say to people who ask me, but I don't want to speak on your behalf. I just. But. I don't want to speak on your behalf, so I am careful not to say I don't give a flying fuck about the Twippies or nominations or anything like that because it doesn't mean anything. You know what means things are game sales and and enjoyment and things like that. That's fine. Have your popular vote, fun thing, have a party, all that kind of good stuff. I do love Emoto and uh, uh, Todd Tucky hosting it. That's got to be great. Yeah, it's got to be awesome. I'll give you all that stuff. That stuff's fine. The significance of these things. Really? Like, how did this fucking thing start? It, it was this week in pinball, gathering all this information from Pinside and podcasts and streams and bundled it up, did a lot of fucking work to do that, bundled it up every Monday, Jeff and now Will, and then presented it and then thought, oh, we'll do an award show. And now that's the industry standard or, or even the pinball awards. Um, the pinball awards, at least it's, pinball people voting as opposed to anybody with a fucking email address. Yeah. Why are you doing this to me? You know, I don't like talking about this. <laughs> You're a dick. <laughs> what's really, what's, what's really funny is I was talking to somebody at work about this yesterday and I said, this is what I'm going to say to Jeff. Watch, <laughs> listen for the reaction. <laughs> and you've just done exactly what I thought. <laughs> so, but like, could not have scripted this better. And as we said, we've not spoken about this. Um, the, at the end of the day, we we would never win any of these awards at all. They're just not in the numbers that other games like Rush and Toy Story and Bond and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we, we weren't going to win any awards, so I'm not really that bothered. Uh, am I a little bit irked that my name, my code's not up there as best rules? Sure, I spent a lot of time on that. Even to be nominated, even to qualify, for sure. And, and it's just to be acknowledged that it exists. Yeah. Uh, anyway, fuck. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hook, line, and sinker. I, let me say this for Haggis. It, it's bullshit. That game is absolutely gorgeous. And uh, you say you wouldn't win anything. Well, I would say you're a strong candidate for whatever um, visuals are in that game, uh, the GI and all that kind of other stuff. I mean, that stuff was uh, legendary. It pops whenever you see Haggis anywhere, whenever you see the Fathom machine. Uh, so, you know what? I say this to your original question, who got bumped? If you weren't on the list, it doesn't mean you don't do a good job at a machine. It doesn't mean you don't do a good job as a streamer, as a blogger, as a podcaster. It means nothing. Nothing at all. It means you probably didn't beg for votes like a lot of people do. And it means something to them. Great. Fill your boots. I like the acknowledgements when you get, Marty, when people buy your machine and say, holy shit, this is well put together. It, it's it's fun to play. It, it pops in my uh, rec room. All that kind of stuff. That is worth a million times more than any piece of plastic. Yeah, and, and as far as the podcast goes, every time someone sends us an email... That means more into us. And calls us a cunt. 
that means more than anything. <laughs> but it, 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 it genuinely does. does. It actually does. You don't care. I don't care. Dennis Creasel will send us once in a while the um, downloads and all that stuff. I guess we do well for <laughs> whenever we do a show. Thank you. That means something to us. Yeah, that people sure. still listen to us. Great. Fine. Awesome. That's all that matters. That is all that matters. The emails, the the back and forth, the fun we have with, you know, I'm about to go to Indisc and I'm about to see hundreds and hundreds of people and I guarantee several will come up to me and talk about love what you're doing on Final Round, like what you're doing maybe on Pinball Profile, where's Marty? That's the stuff that means stuff to me. Yep. Yep. There you go. We're done. Let, let's move on from Tubbies. I think it's hilarious. You dick. I know. I'm that. Sorry. <laughs> I've lost my sheet where this wasn't even on the sheet. You popped this in. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I Okay. I How about the holidays? I, I mean, yes. Do you have a good time? I was sick throughout the holidays. Uh-oh. Yeah. Not COVID. I did so many tests. I, I didn't get COVID. I think it was one of those... I, have you ever been in a situation where you've worked and worked and worked and worked and worked? As soon as you have a day off, your body packs in and you get a cold. That's how, that's sort of how it felt. It was sort of like my body just going, you know what? You've done so well. You know what? We're really proud. Here's a round of applause. You've held up well. But now that you've got 10 days off, how about we just fuck you over so then you can go back to work? Yep. And that, that's what happened. I was, I was exhausted. I was, I was fatigued. I got a cold. But then when I went back to work, I was like, yeah, I'm refreshed. Good. Hmm. Well, you've been working your butt off, and that's part of the reason. It's me being away. It's you working so much. Uh, that's why we have not been as frequent as possible. We're doing pretty good three in a row here, back to back to back. Not bad, not bad, not bad. But yeah, I mean, we're, we're busy souls, and you more so. I mean, I have not had that same type of sickness because it would require me to work my butt off for 10 straight days, like you said, and it, that just hasn't happened. So you, on the other hand, go, go, go. And uh, yeah, I, I'm glad you're feeling better. But uh, for me here in Canada, we got snowed in kind of Christmas day. I didn't get to see my kids until the 29th, but doesn't matter. It's just a day on the calendar. Had a great time. It was nice. And now the calendar has changed and things are going to be different. By the way, loved, loved the head-to-head episode. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, you recorded that after recording the last final round episode and you are into the sauce. And I want to point out, it might be my favorite food ever and I have not had one piece of bacon since. Yeah. I I will never look at grilled bacon ever again the same way. Greatest joke I've ever... I was crying. But that's the thing. It wasn't a joke. It was actually a real story. That's what's funny about it. From the mouth of children. Oh my gosh. I just... It was hilarious. Oh God. Listen to Head to Head. And yep. uh, do more of them. Maybe maybe that's your New Year's resolution. Maybe do two a year. Well, we have often talked about doing two a year, but it's hard enough having to do this podcast, let alone that one as well. Oh, but, oh is it hard doing two podcasts? I don't know. Is it really? Well, two good podcasts. Ta-da! There oh. it is. Uh, uh, you know, it, I feel if there is a need for us to do another head-to-head during the year, we'll do it. Okay. But I... I but as we sort of said on Head to Head, I every year I would normally see Ryan often and I would talk to him often. 2022, I saw him probably twice and didn't really speak that much, just obviously because we're both busy. So that was really good for us to just catch up because we hadn't caught up. 
Well, you've been busy at work, and he's been busy prepping the next Jesse J's pinball adventure, I believe. <laughs> so, also, congratulations on Jesse J. Yeah, yeah, yep. Congratulations for sure on her engagement. So, twenty twenty three. Here we are. I think it's happening in Australia. I'm sure it is. I think it's happening all over the world. The state and provincial and country championships are all happening in this month, in the third week of January uh, in North America. Uh, same situation kind of for you there in Australia? Yep. Yeah. Sure. It's a go, go, go to make the championships. It's uh, what you, I guess, fight for or play for. It was exciting the first time you made the for me, my provincial championships years and years ago, I, knew, I saw how close it was. I'm like, okay, a few more tournaments, a few more good results. You know, I, I, you get to these events, whether it's this type of tournament or any big tournament like Indus this coming week, and, and you see people that are there for the first time and they, they have to play somebody and they're like, oh, no. And I always say to those people, anybody can win on any given day. Anybody can lose on any given day. Don't. Write yourself off as, oh, I've got to play such and such a person. Because the same thing can happen when you're a top-ranked player and you're like, oh, whew, I gotta, I've got an easy round. This is, a, this is nobody. Uh, this person's not ranked. Mm, you're about to get your ass whipped when that happens. Can I just say how enjoyable it is when I'm watching the streams of these things when the underdog just either wins or just comes so close? Like you just... It, it, what it does, as you said, it just means that anybody will look at this and say, hang on, that could be me. I could have actually won this because I could have had a great day and that person could have had a bad day. Yeah, I've seen that like three times in the last few years that really pop in my head. Um, the first time was at Cleepin and this guy from North Carolina was just killing it. Oh my gosh, he's the top ranked player. Or not top ranked player, he's, he's, he's got the most points and he's leading the leaderboards. Who the hell is this Bill Mason guy? Well... Now we all know how great he is, but it was kind of the first time he traveled. This past year in May, there was a big pre-world IFPA 17 event. I mean, a massive event. So you've got the best players from all over the world playing this. And this young woman who had never really played much until she started, I think, maybe once COVID ended, Sierra Leifert, I think her last name is. Please forgive me if I pronounce it wrong, but I know Sierra is the first name. And she almost took out everyone. She went to the finals with Trent Augustine and just destroyed everyone. So that kind of excitement is is what you're talking about. And the other one was a year ago, the first time everyone outside of Colorado saw this guy named Walt Wood and just blow up Doctor Who and was exciting. And uh, those are the kind of stories I like. And uh, I'm sure we'll see some this week at Indisc. Yeah, I look forward to it. What's next on my list? <laughs> uh, Godzilla review. Oh, yeah. So you said, Brian, and you you haven't seen much of each other over the last little while, although he did make a little trip to your house to drop off Godzilla because you've been dissing it. You've been shitting all over it. Uh, I think under your breath, you've said Keith is the worst designer ever in the history. I, that's, I Keith, did not. No, Keith, that is not that's true. That's just what he's... That is not true. That was not under my breath. <laughs> You're a dick. <laughs> Come on, that, I've got the game. Ryan has the game. So many people. It's the number one seller. It's the Twippy Award winner for Game of the Year, so it has to be the best game from last year. It has to be, based on that. It is a fucking great game, but Marty, you've had some time on it. What do we think? Okay, so I've tried to really... I love I love the pause, the dramatic... Okay, because the last time you did it, here's my review of Led Zeppelin. It is a pinball game that exists. <laughs> 
So go ahead, Godzilla. I'll, no, the, I'll be quiet. No, the reason why the, the pause is there is because I have been thinking now, ever since this machine has been here at my house, how am I going to articulate my feelings and thoughts towards this game? So this is what I'm going to start by saying. It is a phenomenal game. Oh, good. It is, it is without a doubt, one of the best games that's ever been made. According to a lot of people. Oh, there's the pause. <laughs> there's the pause. There it is. There it is. Let me tell you what's what's good about it. I think some of the shots I found feel just feel great, right? There's a lot of kinetic satisfaction. I think the the layout and geometry is really innovative. It just does some things that are just crazy good, right? Yeah. Job. Sure, that's fine. Good. Um what else is good about it? Um Marty, what do you think of the code? That is what I care about the most for someone who codes games himself. And not just, this isn't, this isn't about what I care. This is what potential Haggis customers care about when they want to know, what's Marty thinking? Because he's going to be coding games. What, what's he thinking? Okay, so the, the, the code is, okay. Here's what I want to say before I go into what I think about the code. Here's what I really want to say. I now understand why everybody thinks this is the best game that's ever been made. And, and also, I just want to make a note. I have had the most amount of direct messages ever in a week since I dissed Godzilla. And also when Ryan said that I was going to get Godzilla. I've had so many messages from people saying, I'm an idiot. That, you know, this is the reason why Godzilla is a fantastic game. And I get it. Here's what I want to say. And I don't want to be disrespectful to anybody. And, and I, I say that because normally I couldn't give a fuck, right? But this time, I'm genuinely saying this because I don't want this to come across as me being a fuckwit, right? But I understand why this game is considered the best game. Because it is designed to be the most accessible game that Stern's ever made. The shots can be made. Modes can be gotten into lights can happen you get constantly rewarded constantly you you fucking hit you you miss your shot there's a fanfare you are constantly drip fed reward so no wonder you are feeling like you've played the best game because this game is telling you that you are having a good time regardless of what you're doing everything that you do feeds back something to the player it is a masterclass in player feedback. There it is. Masterclass. I don't think Stern has ever had a game where they have choreographed the fuck out of a game where the timing of everything is so precise that you are just getting a high constantly, little micro moments through the game. Then when you start you know, the multi-ball and the, the big tower goes up and down. You're fed the, the rumble and the, oh my God, it's all. But behind that, there's not a lot. But as a player, you're made to feel like something amazing is happening all the time. There you go. So I'm trying to figure out your thinking. When you say you miss something, you're being rewarded. Like, I know there's, there's, hey, listen, you can get Tesla Strike, you can get Bridge, you can get Tanks, you can get Jets, 
You can get Everything. all kinds. There's, there's lots you, of stuff. There's mecca. You can't miss it. You can't miss anything. You, there's, there's always something lit. There's the saucer lit, the cannon. There's, there's a lot of stuff there. I get that. I, I want to say it's a. Di- I don't want to say it's a difficult game, because I think the way the flippers are set. I know how you hate that, but I think that makes it a little more challenging at times for people. I do find it a long playing game compared to something else. I was watching Carl stream on IE Pinball, and he was streaming Rush Premium. And people in the chat were saying, what's harder, Rush or Godzilla? And Carl said, Godzilla. And almost every single person in the chat said, no, 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 no. Rush is way harder. And I think so too. So I'm kind of getting your reward thing there. But I know you can be punished when you use the upper flipper like all Keith's games, right? If you miss your upper flipper shot and you do, you miss, you could be in some trouble unless you really miss and get tail whipped. But um, interesting. Okay. You would have seen, I, I posted the video on Head to Head and um, we reposted that on Fold Around. I, I played one game. That game went for over an hour and I I got, I don't know, it was a 3.3 billion game and that would have been a lot more had I known what I was shooting for when I got into you know, some of the, the battles with multiple monsters and some of the mini wizard modes. I, I, it should have been a lot higher had I known what I was doing. But I went through so much of that game. I saw so much just on the one game. I I stopped the game, obviously took took that video and just went, okay, I'm done. I'm done. I saw way too much. I didn't... Uh, you remember when I was talking about that whole, you want to have that just one more game feel? Yes. I didn't get that. I would never get that after an hour-long game, though, on any machine. No, I know, but why did I have an hour-long game? I'm not that good. Okay, that's not true. And that's why I'm wondering if when you're critical of this and I am critical of something like Elvira, I have to step back and realize, Marty, you're a good player. That's why you do so well at Godzilla. I'm a good player. That's why I do well at Elvira. A lot of people are not as good as us, and they have enjoyment because they get, like you say, rewarded for missing or, okay, you know, maybe you went for the building, but hey, I got Tesla. That's great. You know, or I got a tank or yeah. something like that. There's so many spin. There's three spinners on the thing. You're going to hit something. Yeah. Again, I, I, what I did appreciate is, and I also streamed it after, about a week after. And so I've now got to understand the code a lot more. And I really do. The, the, the summary is I do now appreciate Godzilla a lot more than I did before. I would never own it. I don't. I just don't think there's enough light and shade for me. I think it's just on all the time. And I think that that's what they've done. I think Stern have, have probably gone into this saying, we need to make a game that as many people as possible will enjoy. Dial down the difficulty, make the rules a little bit more accessible. And there is so much in this game. There are so many different things that you can do. I, I think that they've as I said they've just nailed the feedback so whoever did the code on that game I don't know who it is even though I think there's too much code I think the way that you are feeding back to the player moments and the feeling of success you've absolutely nailed it and and that's why I think that most people like this game because most people are going to get something out of the game there you go Keith made the rules Rick Nagel did the code and um, you know one of my favorite things about the code? I mean, I, I really love what Jerry did with the sound. And 
I'm a huge fan, and I, this never ever really pops for me ever on any game. It did on Haggis, and it does on this game. What am I talking about? Mm, I don't know. The GI. I never pay attention to that ever. But when so, when you're end of ball and you hear, you know, it, the footsteps and the way the lights go and stuff, and then when he roars, the way it kind of shakes, it's really well done. Yeah. Yep. It's one of my favorite things to watch, and I never give a shit about that stuff. I'm all yep. about gameplay, but that really, that pops for me. And um, it kind of brings me into, we're going we're gonna to talk about a lot of things, but we're going to definitely talk about James Bond. But as I'm talking about that kind of things that pop for me, I look at games that are maybe eye candy, and, and Godzilla has definitely got eye candy on it. Fathom has eye candy on it. I look at art, and, and there's so many good artists out there. And of course, it's extremely subjective. But what I really look for in art isn't doesn't have to be real. It can be cartoon. It doesn't, you know, I, I don't like the cut and paste stuff. But what I really look for, believe it or not, is where the art is used and the spacing. You know, you've got this canvas, if you will, of the play field. And, and here's where a pop bumper is going to go. Here's where a scoop's going to go. So you have to kind of work all around that. The biggest skill for an artist, to me, is not the actual art itself, it's the placement and using that play field as a canvas and utilizing the space to a T. You know, I, I love the art on Deadpool. I find it very full, uh, maybe almost too much, but it's spectacular. Whereas something like Godzilla, I'm like, oh, geez, this is perfect. This is really, it's everything's in the right spot, you know? That's what I look at. I agree with you. And, and we've talked about this before, though. I, I think in recent times, probably, okay, and this is the challenge that I think the artists have is how do you incorporate the theme art and pinball art? So pinball art is things like uh, borders around inserts. Does that make sense? Yes. So how do you, how do you incorporate inserts into uh, pinball art? And I would say games like, um, I would say Godzilla definitely nails it. Rush nails it. Scooby-Doo. Uh, Avengers nails it, so does Scooby-Doo. But I think Elvira is probably the best for me. It's pretty even good. Even though it, it's quite busy, but it's busy with pinball art. You know what I mean? Not, not, not so much the theme art, even though that is there as well, but it's really good pinball art as well. Wizard of Oz is one of the all-time best to me. Yeah, I, I agreed. For me, I, I Hobbit for me, I think has just got this really good mix of theme art and pinball art. Hmm. Really nailed it, I think. Um, but that's that's where I think go, um, 007 suffers, and I'm not talking about the, the new one, I'm talking about all of them. It hmm. suffers because, and Star Wars was the same, where there was a bit too much... We need all these things, just plop them on. Okay, they're on. Yeah, That's what James Bond and and the Star Wars one was, for sure. Whereas Led Zeppelin's like, we've got nothing, so uh, we'll just put nothing on there. (laughs) But you're right. The Bond one is, you know, I think of the the pro, the Dr. No cab, it's yellow. On the left side of the cab, it's kind of, you know, it it certainly is a throwback to the 1962 movies and that art. I don't know if it works in 2023. Whereas the other side, oh, it's movie posters. I'm cool with that. The back glass doesn't do it for me. And then, like you say, the play field, it's like, it's just, we got to put all these things on. And, and it's just, it popped on there with no real, what? Like, where am I going? What am I doing? It's just, I'm seeing a million faces and 
and different movie titles. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. I know. Yeah. The new one. So we've had a chance to look at the LE. Really, I love the whole cabinet for sure. I think I, I, I'm a fan of that. I haven't seen the topper work yet. I guess it lights up and stuff. But um, we're talking about just the art. Like seeing the six James Bond actors. Uh, I think the uh, the odd job hat is pretty cool in the middle there. Looks kind of neat. It's cleaner than the the pro and the premium, I think. But now we've got to talk about other things. Okay. So let's talk about 007. I'm just trying to get a a um a picture of the the layout just so I can talk to it. Um do you want to know my thoughts on the 60th anniversary limited edition James Bond pinball machine? Yes, and I I'm hoping, fingers crossed. I messaged Keith, I said, "Well done. Can I borrow 20,000?" Um, and he pointed out it was only 19.99. Thank you, Keith. Plus tax. Yeah, yeah, all right, fine. The thing I'm hoping with that is you remember when they shipped Stranger Things and afterwards you found out, holy shit, they actually put this UV kit in there when like and they didn't tell you about it. Like you found that out after the fact. I'm hoping with those four spinners there are actual diamonds in the spinners. <laughs> okay. Here here are some thoughts. Over $20,000 for this. What a waste of Keith Irwin's talent. Oh. Jack Danger's home pin looks better than this. Heck, I'd buy Primus. Another thought I have is, looks like a home pin. Stern's most expensive home pin with Led Zeppelin being the second. Another thought is, the distributors bought them. It seems these days they'll put whatever spin they want to say. Sorry, I'm trying to read this. I knew it. Yeah, <laughs> you're reading this. I knew this. <laughs> these are my, I'm just like, so you know, these are my favorite comments that people have said. Um, it's sold out, meaning distribu- the distributors bought them. It seems these days they'll put whatever spin on it they want to say that. Just poor business model. Games just aren't what they used to be. It's supreme for James Bond superfans, not for Stern's core customers. That's what the Gomez Bonds are for. When their decisions are bad for the hobby and, in my opinion, disrespectful to the people that support them, then don't expect not to have criticism about it. Did you know that today they took out the price from the website? I wonder why. The reason is, of course, to give the opportunity to distributors to fix the price for them and sell the game cheaper. And what about the suckers that bought it already for 22000 Well, that will do it. This is the most expensive game Stern has done so far. The most expensive by far. And with that in mind, it should include everything we love about pinball. For a total cost of $22,000, it should have upper playfield, lower playfield, ramps and extra ramps, many moving mechanisms, and in general, everything we love about pinball. Instead, we got this and 500 suckers that bought it. The hobby is indeed a very weird place and definitely Stern's target group is not anymore the hardcore pinheads, but people with a lot of money which they just don't care. I love Keith Owen, but there's no way I'm spending $20,000 on one machine. That's nearly the cost of three pros and is over the cost of two premiums. I'm almost done. <laughs> Seems like another Beatles Diamond Edition cash grab. I'm sure it plays great, but I don't see it holding $20,000 value at 500 units. If Totan and TNA had a baby, it would be this. Imagine buying a $20,000 pin without any premium or LE mods besides the LE tag. Ha ha ha. Would be a cool home pin buy. What the fuck are they thinking here? Microsoft Paint side art. No LE premium anything. No expression lighting. 
$10,000 side armor, $5,000 shooter knob, stock, and it probably doesn't even have a shaker motor. I love how the scoring is EM style, but it's not EM style 2. Lol, epic fail. Okay, I swear I'm almost done, but I, I've had so much fun with this. Where are you getting this? The internet. Like Pinside, okay. Facebook, all the above? Facebook mainly. I don't go to Pinside. Okay, let's, let's just be real here. This is absolute horseshit. $20,000. You make a collector's game at the highest price in the market, and what do you get? Fucking clip art, copy and paste graphics, and a single layer, no innovation layout. Stern is clearly looking to only take people's money from customers with just too much money to know better, and that's wrong. So tired of seeing collectors and signature special editions, and they just throw crap at a wall and produce junk. There's nothing special about this game. So frustrating because Stern is supposed to be the big designers and manufacturer. When are they going to get back to making games worth their price? Just terrible business practice. Oh, I had so much more. <laughs> Don't you have to get to four pillars? Okay. It says, I'm unimpressed. Too much hype. What happened to the mechanical reels? They're digital. Also, the ball lock on the right looks like a lot like the Denisi lock from TNA. Okay, they are mechanical reels. No, I know. That's why, that's why I thought I'd read that one out. And, so, and, and there's another one that says, oh, isn't that the Beatles layout? So the summary of it, of it is this. Let's not talk about price just for a second. Can we just not talk about price? Okay, price doesn't matter. Price doesn't matter. I want to play the fuck out of this game. So do I. Oh, my God. This looks so much fun, except for the hat in the middle. I'm not a fan of, mm, but I'm no, cool. I don't like it. I, I don't like those spinny disc things. I do. No, I know, that's, but that's subjective. But as far as layout goes, it looks, oh, my God, so much fun. It just kind of reminds me of, obviously, got the um, street-level games, but... You know, single level playfields from that era. In particular, I think Gottlieb games, which I'm a massive fan of. It, oh, I I just look at this playfield and I just think about shot satisfaction. This is going to play so well. That's what I think. Take note, designers, because once again, game number five, Keith has done what he is a big fan of and what maybe should be done more of. You know, they talk about flow and stuff like that. Keith has said flow is overrated. Look at all those shots. There isn't an orbit shot. There, you're not going to come back around. You're not going to do loop passes. If you shoot what looks like an orbit, it's going to come into a different spot. You know, the, the right side comes through the middle, I guess. I love that he does things like that. Yeah, it looks fantastic. By the way, if money's not an issue, everybody wants this game. Project Pinball, in less than two hours, sold out 200 $200 raffle tickets. I didn't start it there. They sold 200 of them at $200. People want this machine big time. So the only issue really, really is money because yep, yep. it looks pretty awesome. If money was not an issue for me, I'd have it in a heartbeat because uh, I like the theme. I love Keith's layouts. Four spinners. You know, some of those comments you read, you know, I want an upper and a lower play field. No, I don't. No, I do not want those things. Speak for yourself, and that's fine, but I don't want that crap. Once again, spinners are better than ramps. No. Come on, man. Nope. When you can make the spinners no, juice. fine. Oh, I, just, I just disagree. No, I know. No, this is just... I I don't... I love the fact that it's got us the spinners. I'm just saying I prefer games that have got ramps than spinners. That's all. I, I just think spinners are fine, but I would prefer a ramp. Okay. 
But that that doesn't mean that that's not right or wrong. It's not good or bad. I I do, I do like games with ramps. However, however, people, we've got so many fucking games with ramps, right? If you want a game with ramps, go crazy. There's so many games out there that you can get. To have a game, and this is this okay. Let me go back to my favorite quote, right? Which was the first one. My favorite quote. Here it is. Over $20,000 for this. What a waste of Keith Elwin's talent. Okay. Jack Danger's home pin looks better than this. Heck, I'd buy Primus. That is fucking stupid. There you go. I've said it. I have a take on this. Okay. This is my opinion. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 500 of those machines are going to sell out. 20,000. 10 million dollars in sales. Now I realize distributors are going to get their cut and all that thing. 10 million in sales to produce 500 of these. Yeah. Okay. If I'm Keith Elwin, get the hell out of your stern contract immediately because you are the greatest free agent anybody could have. You should work for everybody. You should set up Keith Elwin Productions and not be licensed to just one person because here in 2023, we've already been told by George Gomez, there is not going to be a Keith Elwin game. There wasn't in 2022. You cannot count this. The last one we got was in 20... What? When was Godzilla? 2021? Yeah, must have been. So we got to wait three years for maybe a Keith Elwin game if it's not one of these boutique games, if you will. Designers get commission on what they sell. Okay, it's it's how sales works. Okay, is that is that one hundred percent factual? Just go with it. I don't okay. want to. I know the answer. Just go with it. Okay, sure. You're not being able to sell your games. That's money out of your pocket, Keith. You should be going to anybody. You should go to Haggis. You should go to American. You should go to Jersey. You should go to Spooky. You can go to anybody. Go to Punny Factory for all I care. <laughs> yeah. Whatever they're called, Pinball Adventures. Yep. Keith has said, I can make a game in nine months. You should have your games on the line at all times. And I know that's the case right now because Godzilla's are being done. Maidens are being done. I assume Jurassic's are being done. They're all being done. That's all, kind of, that's all fine. But you're leaving money on the table. And you're a buddy of mine. And I want to see you, I want to see you the richest person in pinball because you deserve every penny of it, in my opinion. But do you think that Keith wants to be the richest person? Like you're, you're assuming that people then put a dollar value. No, on no, 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 I'm, no, no. I, I, I'm not assuming that. I'm, I'm speaking for myself. But you're saying you're saying he should go and because he could earn more money. He should Maybe. be Keith Elwin Productions, not but, an employee of Stern. But, but and, for what and Stern, purpose? But what purpose? Listen, Stern's not going to say, "Oh, we want exclusivity." If you work for someone else, we can't have you. Bullshit. Every shareholder of CERN is going to say, we'll take a Keith Elwin game whenever we can get it. And now we've got to wait how many years in between games? I, I, I know what you're saying. I'm, I'm just trying to say that you've said he should do this because he could earn more money. Right? Well, he's, but, he's being denied but what, by what, not being able to have a game. Of, but, but, but why does he care? I don't know. Why but, does he care? Why does he care? Do, you're assuming that he cares about the fact that he's been denied money. He may actually be the happiest he has ever been. I hope because, so. But the, 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 okay, the reason why I say this is because what's happening with all these responses is people are they're projecting their own values onto this situation. So I go back to that last quote where people are saying, what a waste of Keith Irwin's talents. And I say that's bullshit because I reckon 
making a game with ramps is so much easier than making a single level play field that shoots really well. So I don't see this as being a waste of his talent at all. I, I don't see, either. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like all these people are going, oh, it's fucking bullshit. No, 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 no. Take price out of it just for a second. Have a look at this. This is possibly going to be one of the most fun games you will ever play. I don't know that. For a fact, I've not played it. It looks that it's going to be so much fun. That is not a waste of Keith Irwin's talent. I think Keith Irwin is the only person that could possibly carry this, that, that could actually you know, make this happen. You know what I mean? Like Stern have gone into saying, we want to do a 60th anniversary. We want to make a street-level game. It's going to have all the bonds. Who's the only person that can really make this happen? Keith Irwin. Do you get what I mean by that? And so I, I think people are looking at this and saying, well, I'm priced out of this, therefore it's a bad thing, therefore everything sucks. The sky is falling. Skyfall. See what I did there? No? Okay. It's good. Um, yep, yeah, cool, cool, cool. That's, that's what I'm, I'm sort of saying. And when you say things like, well, Keith Elwin should get out of Stern, why? He may I be the happiest should, no, he's no, been. No, no, I, hold on a second. You, you said that. I think he should get out of a Stern exclusivity contract. Well, it's not that he's a Stern exclusive contract. He's an employee of Stern. That's different. <laughs> oh my God! I think you should say, I, this is my commission rate. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to build for whoever I want and make a freaking mint. And and you can't tell me one second. If you didn't own Haggis, you wouldn't say, Keith, please do a design for us. You would. Spooky would. American would. Jersey Jack would. Everybody would. Because his game sell. You know he's going to come up with something that no one else has done. And I'm not shitting on any other designers. I love almost everything we see out there. I like that, but there's something special about what Keith does. And he can call his own shots. And now he doesn't get to produce a game for a few years. Money's left on the table. And maybe you're right. Maybe it doesn't matter to him. But listen, I, I, I deal a lot in sports and we talk sports analogies. And we talk about contracts and this and that. Do we? I do in my... In you my talk life. sports analogies. I can tell you I don't. And it's all about value. And... Yeah. There is not a more important, more valuable employee than Keith Elwin wherever he works. It happens to be at Stern right now, and and I hope he works wherever he wants and he's happy wherever he wants. And you know what? Stern produces a lot, and they produce more than anyone else, so maybe that's the best place. But having him on the sidelines when he's probably got the next game and maybe the next two games done, that kind of sucks. That's the thing that sucks for me. Is sucks that for who? For you as a player that wants to play more of his games? Sucks for everybody that buys pinball machines that loves Keith Elwin games. Okay, but he's not a robot. What do you mean he's not a robot? He can't just produce games every six months because that's what you want. We have a shelf life of how long we can do things. And Keith's over 50 years old, so yeah, he could do this for <laughs> 20 years. Hey, I'm being serious, but he could give us just game after game after game. And we got to wait. Yeah. And listen... Look at this fucking game. It's a single level game. So people, oh, where are my ramps and all that stuff? Oh, it's $20,000. Sold out instantly. It's, it's gone. Yeah. Okay. It's because it's, it's Keith. But if he, if, you, if he just starts pumping out games, you're going to have the um, Avengers effect, which is a game that's Keith Elwin that just gets overshadowed because the next one comes out and everyone's talking about that instead. There's something to be said about leaving people wanting. I've talked I about agree. that. I've talked about that. Sure. That was my bloodhound gang <laughs> analogy that I gave. So when when you're going, oh, you know, I just wish there was more. 
Stern are probably rubbing their hands together going, good, very good. Shareholders are going, when, when, I want it now. Yeah, of course. But it comes back to then you saying, well, Keith Elwin, he should be unhappy with what he's got right now. I didn't say he should be No, I didn't say he should. No, I did not say he should be unhappy. I said there's money being left on the table. And he would only be happy if he's, getting, said, that ma- no, ha- if he's getting that money. Rewind the tape. You said, <laughs> you said, do I think he's unhappy? I said, no, I'm just saying what I would do if I were him because there's great opportunities out there. Fuck, so, man. He's so the that's best. What I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So you're now projecting your values on I said Keith Irwin's situation. I, I know. said it was mine. I know. But Keith Irwin is a human. He's probably sitting there going, fucking stop talking about my life. Probably. I'm just here. I'm just here, fucking designing games. Like my games. Stop telling me how much money I should earn. Hold and on what a I second. Do with my life. Fuck. Okay. Do you not think when Gomez said coming out in 2023, we're going to see a Jack Danger game? Great. We're going to see a Brian Eddy game. Great. So no new board game. Okay. Rush was. Now we got to wait a while for board because Rush came out in January or December uh, over a year ago. Got to wait a while for that, and we got to wait for Keith. Because not everyone could buy this Keith game. You don't think Keith was a little bummed that, holy fuck, my game's been done for a while and I got to sit and wait? No, All right. I don't. Because he may be actually just sitting on the the best game that's ever been made. And he's like, I don't want to rush this because this is going to be best. Don't forget, don't forget, his last, his last game, let's take Bond out of it. His last game was Godzilla. Godzilla has been considered the best game in the world. Do you think he's just going to stick any old crap out? He's got to improve on what he's done. I don't think he has ever put any old crap out. I think. No, that's got, right. I think he's got a lot of ideas, and I think right now is the sweet spot. And because we're seeing so few games a year, we talked about it on the last episode. Maybe what seven titles in a year, and Keith's not going to be one of them. That's disappointing, and that is, as I said earlier, leaving money on the table. Mm. For not only Keith, but also for the shareholders. Yeah, I don't think I don't think anyone's complaining about money at this stage. I get that, but is that not the game to answer to the shareholders and say, you know, okay, our profits are down this week because, or this quarter because... Are their profits down? I didn't say that. I'm just saying, are you telling me shareholders wouldn't want a Keith Elwin game as soon as possible. Come what I'm on. saying, what I'm saying is, I am not a shareholder. How would I know? If I owned shares in Stern, I would want a Keith Elwin game. And I think most people would because of the unbelievable got to have it. It's going to play great. It's everything you want. You don't have to worry. It's going to okay. sell. Okay. But do you know what Stern's sales numbers are? Like did did Rush sell as many as Avengers, as uh, Godzilla? I would say Godzilla sold more. Look at the production lines. Yeah, but how do you know? But like no one knows. But I'll tell you why. Look at the production lines. How many times has Godzilla been on production? Yeah, but Rush is still in production. It has not been on as much as Godzilla has. And you can look at the, because you know they're going to make X amount of games per day. So how long has it been done? Those numbers are known. Mm. Nice try, fucko. No, they're not known, though. They are not known. Because if, if they're known, you would give me a number. What's the absolute number of what they've produced? Do you know who does know? Do you? Do you know who does know? Do you know? The designers know. Sure. Well, let's get them on. Let's, I've got Keith here. They let's just bring are him not in going to reveal that right now. Right. But, but they you don't know. know. 
Right. So I don't know. Oh, they, this is my point. My point yeah, is... I, yeah, I don't know publicly. You're right. No, that's right. My, the, the point I'm making in all of this is everyone's a fucking critic. Everyone's a fucking expert. No, you're not. You don't know. You don't know what's... Like, everyone's saying, oh, Stern, Stern's fucking, you know, shitting on the... Um, on the on the community, what are them? What Some, someone's saying like they're disrespectful and they're you know whatever. Well, I'm trying to find. I'm that. not. Th- those are comments about the price. I'm talking about the man who's the best designer we have seen in. Like he is night and day, and there are great designers out there. We're in the best time of pinball, but there's something about Keith. It's just no. But this is. I know you say that. I think and so does right. most. So do most people. Come on. Sure. Uh, for for whatever reason, right? But I think Rush is a better game than Godzilla. So therefore, I think John Borg is just as good a designer as Keith Elwin. Uh, is, is, is that, in, is that a valid, disagree, or valid I opinion? I can't disagree with you about Rush. I enjoy playing Rush as much as I enjoy playing Godzilla. Sure. So they are, they are equal to me. Sure. I think based on productions, based on sales, based on the theme, because Rush is a polarizing theme for some people, just like Iron Maiden was, because Iron Maiden, uh, you know, we got to swap out the music because it's not my cup of tea. I get that with Rush. I get that with Maiden or with any band. Sure. But you just said Keith Owen is the best designer. It's night and day. I don't think that's fair. Come on, Marty. I'm not, I'm not playing this This game. isn't ones Come and on. zeros, but this isn't ones and zeros. Come on, Marty. He is Marty. not the best by far. He is the best. I'm going to say that I think he's the best. There we go. That's all you had to say. That's but it. I'm not saying he's the best and it's night and day and all the others are shit. That's what you said. Not in exactly those words, but <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that's disrespectful. I think that George no. Gomez, I think George Gomez is probably the best designer in the world. He's just not designing as many games. Okay. I think, I think he is a great designer. Yeah. I don't think he's as good as Keith. I'll say it. Sure. Okay. That's fine. I think he's got a longer history, of course. Yep. He's got sure. some epic games, but uh, sorry. Here we go. Sports analogy. Oh, okay. Everybody's a free agent. You get to pick one designer. You're telling me you're not picking Keith. You're picking George Gomez. Bullshit. You're picking Keith. Number one overall draft pick. Don't come on. You can't. You can't even pretend to find a way that Keith's not the guy. You're safe. You, you know everyone's going to be happy. No, he's if you're gonna, talking he's safe, he's a guy who comes with the rules. Uniqueness. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. He he actually has the ability to do it all, which is he just did a masterpiece in a single level playfield. Boom, there you go. Yeah, none of us have played it, so we still don't know if it is the best game. That's a street level. Well, I didn't say know? it's the best game, but it's certainly not. Well, you we said it's a masterpiece. Uh, yet another version right? of you know what we've seen before. But you said it's a masterpiece. Is it a masterpiece? We don't know. We're speculating because we're in the business of speculating. That's why we do a podcast. If we weren't speculating, we'd have nothing to talk about. Good point. Okay, so, you know, I think, I think we, we, you can tell we're both passionate about what's going on. I, I just want to say, if I can summarize my feelings about this, is that this is a fantastic game. Okay? Yeah. For those people that bought it, it means that amount of money is they're getting value for whatever they've put down. And for you to make people feel shit because they bought them, then that, that's on you. Because Not I, me. I, you're talking about those things you're I'm talking about people, the, the people, all the comments, right? Because I know a couple of people that have, that have bought one 
So do and I. My, and my response was, fantastic. It looks like a cracker of a game. And you know what? $20,000 is a lot of money. I mean, that's $30,000 here in Australia, right? That's a lot of money, right? It's a lot of money. It's way too much money for a pinball machine. For me. And possibly for you and for a lot of people. But there are 500 people where it's not that much. If it was $20,000 and there was an endless run of them, it's ridiculous. The 20000 is because there are only 500. That's yep. it. And those people that bought one, they're going to feel good because they've got something that's special that most people don't have. When you buy art and you see it's done by an artist and you see in the bottom right-hand corner it's limited edition slash out of 100 or something like that, it's worth more than just something that's mass-produced. So it, there is the value there. I don't think you're going to see these on Pinside or any of the marketplaces coming up in the next year or two or three under 20000 So again, congrats and well done. And if money wasn't an issue, I'd have one in a heartbeat. Oh, in a heartbeat. I just, I'm, I'm so proud of Keith being able to show people a single level play field is not just a bunch of shit. Like it, it can be really be exciting. And we haven't played it. We haven't seen gameplay of it. No, I know. Looking at it, I'm like, okay. Here's a perfect example. The other Bond, the Pro and the Premium. I like the layout. looks pretty good. And I've played a bunch of it. I'm going to wait playing it until the code is there. Because the shots are fun. There's things to do. But the code just is not there yet. And I have all the faith in the world. We've talked about it before. If it shoots good, code will come. It'll get there. That's going to be a great game too. From your boy, George Gomez. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Your number one draft pick. Come on, man. You tell me. No, I was anybody listening. For me, it would be Borg. I would pick Borg for a safe bet. Number one overall. Yep. Borg. You're just saying that to me. It's it's like the it's like the Rolling Stone best two hundred singers list leaving Celine Dion off that. Give me a fucking break, or leave leaving uh, who else was off that list? There were so what many are you good ones. About? Rolling Stone magazine had a list of the two hundred greatest singers of all time. Celine Dion didn't make the list. Come on, man. Diana Ross didn't make the list. Give me a break. Yeah, those those lists are designed to they're make just, people they're angry. Clickbait. Yeah, just like correct. you saying John Borg's my number one pick. Come no, I, but I'm not saying that. I, I didn't say he was the best designer. I just said if I wanted a safe bet, I'd go Borg. I because I, he. Oh, I, I get your point. They're always yeah. You know what you're getting. Okay, all right. You know what you're getting. I I, I feel f- great with and, and as I said, if I look at Elwin's games and this is just me and I'm not trying trying to be oppositional. Iron Maiden, fantastic game. I sold it. Jurassic Park. I would if I if I could have my time again meaning I didn't need the money at the time, I would still have Jurassic Park in my collection. I, 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 think, I think that's one of the best games that's ever been made. Avengers, Godzilla, am I missing any of the others? Just the Bond Ellie. And Bond Ellie. And Archer. Well, that, oh, I said that. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like you're, you're saying he's the best. I don't think so. Sorry, Keith. I love you. Want to do you. But I... <laughs> I... I just... He's got a passport now, so free uh, sex if you come on over. Come over to Aussie, seriously. Come down under for a little down. <laughs> All right, here we go. go. Come down under. Wow. No, this is the I'm... first podcast ever to offer free blowjobs. This is the best. I did not say they were free. Um, <laughs> what I'm saying is that 
for me personally, I'm not there yet. Okay? You are. A lot of people are. That's great. (laughs) I still look at the 20 or so years that John Borg has put out games and I go, "You've, you've earned it for me. I reckon Keith will get there, but give me some more. Give me some more. Is he at least a seasoned veteran? That's all no, I want to know. he's oh, not. Fuck you, he is. He is too. He's not. He's released four games, five games. Seasoned veteran. It's just, no. I just, I cannot buy into that. <laughs> Do we have other shit on here? You saw, you saw Avatar, didn't you? I did. I haven't seen it. I'm going this weekend. Okay. I mean, do you want to know? Like, I, I can see on the show notes, it says movie review avatar. Do you want to know? Or, or are you like me where you don't want to know anything before going to see a movie? Let me tell you what I know about Avatar 2 and the original movie. I saw the original movie on an IMAX screen, was enamored by the eye candy that was watching this kind of a new revolution of 3D movies. I plan on doing that again. I can't remember what the hell the movie was about, and I haven't seen it since. I'm not saying it's bad. I just, that was a fun ride, but it's not something I really recall. And, and even whatever big screen you have at home, I just have no desire to see it again. I guess I want to see what all the hype's about because it looks pretty cool. I don't want to drink a lot of pop while I'm sitting watching that movie because underwater, you can't, I'm going to piss myself, but okay. I do want to see it. Okay. So I'll try and say something without giving anything away. <laughs> Here's Marty's movie review. Avatar 2 is a movie that exists. <laughs> it has actors. It involves a screen. <laughs> um, it, okay, I saw the first movie four times at the cinema. One of your all-time favorites, isn't it? it? It is absolutely one of my all-time favorites. But I saw it at the cinema four times because I saw it in 3D at the cinema. And there was just nothing like it. Like, as far as visuals go, there was no other movie I'd ever felt like I was in the movie. Was there much of a storyline of the original? No. It, it's not meant to be. It's kind of like it's like the Godzilla of movies in that it's meant to appeal to everybody. It's not meant to challenge you. I don't remember what it's about, isn't it? If I recall, wasn't it just uh, something to do with mining and people wanting to take over the... Basically, like, correct me if I'm wrong, because I really don't know, but just how shitty we treat Indigenous people, for yes, example. Is, yes. is, is that not what the movie's about? The, the, basically, the movie is about how humans are garbage people. Yes, yes. We are just yes. not very good. No respect for... And yeah. When, I, oh, when there's it. greed involved, we will do anything and don't care about others, right? So That's it's, it's basically the, the history of humans, really, is what <laughs> yeah. it is. So, okay. um, I, oh my God. So they're on Pandora. They're mining unobtainium. Sure. And the indigenous people are the Navi, and they're basically killing them. They don't care, whatever. Yes. That's, that's really it. And it's not. That was the first movie. That was the first movie. Second movie. Is the with- second movie about pulling plastic straws out of turtles' noses underwater? <laughs> what, what is going on in part two? Yeah. Um, it's more of the same. Oh, okay. And and I, I kept thinking, oh, because everyone's saying, oh, you know, it's exactly the same movie except it's underwater. First of all, it's not underwater. There are some underwater things, but it's not underwater. So get that out of your head. It's it's kind of set like twenty years after the first movie. So if you remember the last movie, the main character Sully was his name, maybe Jake Sully could be. Wasn't and Sully in Monsters, Inc.? Yeah, I also think Sully was in 
uh, Uncharted. Um, but Jake Sully is the, the main character's name, uh, Sam Worthington's character. He ended up hooking up with a Navi chick. And that was really the end. You know, I see you, blah, 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 blah. He ended up becoming a proper Navi, how that happened. So this movie is set 20 years later and it's got a family. Okay. That's all I'm going to tell you. Should I see it? Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, fuck okay. yeah. Okay. Oh, fuck, 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 fuck. You know, I was really reluctant to see it because I've got, you know, that whole Moby sequel phobia problem. Mm-hmm. It goes for three hours and 12 minutes. Holy mother. Intermission? No intermission. Three hours and 12 minutes. And I kept thinking to myself... I'm bringing a bucket. So don't drink anything. I, I, I made sure I had lots of food, but I did not drink any liquids whatsoever. So don't drink... Don't have popcorn because popcorn's full of salt. Have lots of chocolatey and, and lollies so you don't, don't need you to drink. Don't you tell me how to treat my body i'm sa- well no, fine how dare you fine. project that on me fine go I'll there eat a big and tub of popcorn and good. have a big pop as well good and then go and do a piss and miss one of the most important scenes in the movie give me the piss time every movie gives you like a it's like it's like when bands play all right we got three new songs to play for you you know you can go get a beer when's the time you can go take a piss in the movie there's got to be some <laughs> there, i'll google there it. Are some. yeah do but um that that's yeah Absolutely, so I said I was worried about seeing it, and I loved it. Loved it. Is it as good as the first? Of course it is. But the first was so revolutionary. It's very hard to have that same sort of wow. Visually, is it better? Yeah. And thirteen years have passed. The graphics you can tell thirteen years has passed. It is. Okay. It is. Gorgeous to look at. And again, I'd recommend it in 3D. Spoiler alert, it is a James Cameron movie. So in this Way of the Water sequel, do you actually see the Titanic? <laughs> that would be fucking cool. Good but, callback. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, But again, when I got to the end and after three hours, I was thinking, well, to make that a shorter movie, what could you have gotten rid of? And I couldn't think of anything. I just don't think there was any filler. It was just okay, good. good. I'm excited. But it's a long movie. I should have done my movie review first because it wasn't as good. I enjoyed it. I mentioned earlier the 200 Greatest Singers Rolling Stone magazine put out. I am fascinated by music biopics. What movie did I go see? You don't even know. Oh, a music biopic. Um, oh, I don't, isn't there some movie about some 70s rock band that's like a biopic? Is that? Anyway. No, I went okay. to go see I Want to Dance with Somebody, the Whitney Houston biopic. Okay, now I hate her and think she's the spawn of Satan, so I would never see the movie. But I would imagine I would imagine it's actually a fascinating film. You tell me. Well, I like, listen, I love, love, love the band Queen and have been a fan, as you are, since I was a young, young child. When the movie came out, I went, hey... Wait a second. That didn't really happen like that. And it didn't happen when they said it did. They took a lot of liber- they took a lot of liberties in that movie, little Hollywood stuff. But then when Rocket Man came out as we talked about, Elton John who was a producer on the movie said, "No, no, 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 no. I was an asshole. Put that in. Put that in. Show all the all the bumps and warts and all that kind of thing." Whitney Houston, I was wondering, are they going to show everything? And they did. Oh, good, 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 good. And so I did appreciate that because, you know, she, she 
what a voice. And uh, she had her flaws, obviously, and, and her demons. And uh, they put those in there and they put in her relationship that they didn't mention uh, during her life. Obviously, her close friends knew about it, but um, years after she died, her former partner uh, put out a book and people were like, is this true or not? Well, finally they said, yeah, it is true. So it's canon. And I was glad to see that happen. I enjoyed it. I mean, I just, uh, the, the, the woman who plays Whitney, her name's Naomi Aki, I believe her name is spectacular job. So I listen, I liked it. I, I liked the music. I got a lot of goosebumps and uh, it was good. Yeah, good. Yeah. Fine. And I had popcorn, and I had a big drink, and I didn't piss or shit myself. So yeah, because it was two didn't go for three hours. There. That's right. <laughs> I am going to Indisc in a few days at wow. the time of this recording. It'll yep. probably be uh, out. I know this is a bummer for you because you love that tournament. Oh my god, I do. I really, really do. They do a great job, Jim, Jay, Bob, and of course Carl D'Angelo. This is not in Banning, California anymore. You haven't been to the new Riverside one. It's spectacular. Hotels right there, food. You don't need to rent a car. And it's close is, to is the... Is it in Palm Springs? No, it's uh, closer to the Ontario airport, Ontario, California. So I think, like, I know it was an easy Uber ride for me to get there. It was like 35 bucks or something like that. So I didn't have to rent a car, which was kind of nice when you're there for a few days. But... Um, all these tournaments. I mean, they've got two classics. They've got the women's. They've got a youth tournament. They've got this target match play classics big event. They've got this high stakes tournament that to enter $500. You get 10 entries to get your best five games on one card. And when that card's done, you play your next card. 10 wait, entries. On, wait a second. Wait a second. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt you just for a second. I just want to just clarify something. How much is it per card? You can't buy a card. You have to buy $500 to get 10 cards for the high stakes. For 50 bucks a card? Is that what you're saying? Which is probably what it was before, but yeah. That's not bad. That's not no, bad. No, but it's, it's the fact you got to spend 500 And it's designed not to be for pretenders. This is, this is, you're playing this not even for Whoppers. You're playing this for cash. And of course, then there's the big open tournament, which is going to be the biggest Whopper Fest ever. Ever in the history of pinball. This is going to be worth more than any tournament has ever been worth. It's a major. There's a uh, lovely Stern Premium uh, game to be won for the winner, plus tons of cash prizes. I would suspect the winner is going to be getting over 200 Whoppers just for this event. Nuts. Crazy. Madness. Yeah. yeah. Go you good thing. Like, in disc, fuck yeah. It'll be fun. Watch the stream on IE Pinball. There'll be a lot of great people uh, commentating on that. Of course, Carl does a good job, but you'll just see if you got to go to one tournament and to get your Whopper fixed, to get your tournament fill, this is the one. But it's amazing when we look at the emails we get, how many people are actually big tournament talk fans. And they always say, oh, you want to kill a podcast, talk about tournaments. That's not what happens on our show. People seem to love it. No, it's actually strange. Isn't that weird? <laughs> I know, I know. But this tournament, what makes this so unique is it's the old Papa style. Papa, just outside of Pittsburgh in Carnegie, Pennsylvania, they used to do this thing where you'd play games and you have a card. So I play game number one, and let's just say it's Tron. That score goes on that card, and then I play the next game, and let's say it's Surf and Safari. That goes on. If I have a bad Surf and Safari, 
shit, I got to do better on my next three games because you can't play Surf and Safari again. You have to play five different games on that card. So you have to have five consistent games. It is one of the hardest tournaments to qualify for because it requires that tough consistency and several days of qualifying and the world's best players. There's going to be at least 250 people there, maybe 300, maybe more. This is a challenge. This is this is a great tournament. And they do that format for the women's. They do that for both classics events. They have a, a children's event and uh, the high stakes. You watch the stream, you'll see some great pinball. No, look, let me tell you, let me, uh, let me tell you the problem I have with everything you just said. <laughs> like from the start of the show? Like, fuck. <laughs> Can we just rewind? I'm now going to critique line by line everything that you've just said. No, if I was sitting at home right now and thinking, oh, I'm not that good a player, but should I go to Indisc? From what you've just said, those people are saying, well, that's it. I'm fucking out. There's no way. It's too challenging. It's the hardest format. The best of the best. Why I didn't bother? say why bother. It is everything else I said, though. It is. No, I know. That's why I'm... What I want to say, for those people that are, are listened to Jeff and just gone, well, you've just ruined pinball for everybody. Bullshit. <laughs> just, but what I'm, what I'm going to say to you is, just fucking go and have fun. Because besides the fact that you've got this card format, which I've never done, but everyone's told me that it is, it's a bit of a challenge. It's the, it's the you fun. You did of, do I've it. I've never done a card format, ever. You did. I, I'm, yeah, you did when you were at Indus, when you were in the B finals. Did I? I think so. Did I? Did I? I don't know. Are you saying you didn't? I've never, I said twice now, I've never done a card format. Are you calling me a liar? You're fucking hammered. Mm, I'll call you. I call you a lot of things. Liar's not one of them. But really, no. I've always thought they've done this. No, format. that was the last pump and it used dump. To be a pump that was and the dump? last pump and dump. Uh, I stand corrected. Um, I'll move forward because nobody thought you were correct. I I've never done the card format, so I think I'd be a little bit nervous about it. But I also would think, fuck it, buy another card. You know what? And and also, everyone has so much fun talking about their cards. You know what I mean? Like that's a whole. Remember, remember mm-hmm. how I've sort of said before that there's playing the game, and then there's also playing the tournament, which is part of the game. Which you know, when we're having that conversation about tournaments ruining pinball. It, it, it's that kind of thing. The card format is fun because you can do four great games and then do an absolute stinker with your and basically ruining your whole card. That in itself is an event. That's part of the fun. So for those people that are going. Well, I, d- I don't know, and it sounds like it's going to be tough. Yeah, it is, but it's also fun. That's part of the fun. It is fun, and it is tough, but if you've ever asked yourself, I wonder where I stand, you know, how can I do against the best of the best? And if you look at the standings last year, you saw some names you never saw before on there, and you went, wow, who are these people? They've never done this well before because all it really takes is to have five games. You don't have to have five grand champion scores. You just have to have five decent games. If you can look at the bank and say, I think I can do okay on that. You know, I think on Tron I can maybe get a couple multi-balls. Okay. You know the game's going to be set up. I don't have to blow it up. I just have to have something that is what they call a non-bleeder in that you don't want it to be the worst of everyone playing the game. If you have a score that, oh my gosh, I got 6 million on Batman 66, you know everybody playing the game is going to beat that. Well... You just want to have some kind of decent in-between scores, and sometimes that's all you need. 
avoid the bleeders. And then when you get a good card, then, okay, what am I going to do? Watch watch it go down, watch it go down. Or are you going to play a little defense and play the games that you haven't played on your card and try to knock down the scores of the people ahead of you? Oh, yeah. there's the strategy. Yep. That's the fun This shit. is what I'm talking about. This is where it's fun and everybody, everybody has a chance to change the outcome. Everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 what's fun about it. And and sort of what we've said a couple of episodes ago is if you go into this thinking I'm either going to win or I'm going to have a bad time, it's not it's not ones and zeros, Ryan. It's you will have fun regardless. You might not come first, but you're still going to have fun. So it is fun. Check it on IE Pinball, January twelfth to the fifteenth. Lots of pinball action. Okay, other than a fucking million spam emails. What is going on there? Yeah. Okay. I keep deleting them. Someone, Someone's obviously given our email address to some bot site. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, it's, it's thanks, assholes. Thanks, whoever um. did that. <laughs> I think you. Every, no, I think every time, every time we've bagged out Ian because of COVID, he's gone, oh. all right, every time you mention my name, I'm going to sign you up for some shit website. <laughs> shit, we're in trouble. We didn't mention this time, Ian. Yeah. Um, a couple good emails here. I, I'm going to read two. Okay. Okay, one is from Ed in Kentucky. Okay. Jeff and Marty, thank you, thank you, thank you for talking about older games. If I hear another podcast about Godzilla, I'm going to throw <laughs> up. Sorry about the first half of the show, Ed, but uh, we had to get the review. He wrote... Don't get me wrong, everybody loves the newest pins, but sometimes it's just nice to not hear about the new games and dive into some older games, no matter the context of the conversation. And as a side note, I enjoy the podcast being a little bit longer than usual. Cheers for that. That show was supposed to be 45 minutes. Drunky Magoo kept fucking talking. (laughs) Drunky Magoo. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, so uh, he said, have a good holidays and looking forward to Haggis doing Flash Gordon. Okay, you got a request for that from Ed. It wasn't the first. Was, wasn't the first request. Uh, a, a lot of people say Flash Gordon. Just to let you know. Um, but this is the whole thing. Remember, I, I was sort of saying I just wanted us to, to talk about those old games, and I got a bit of a nostalgia fix. I was hoping that other people would. So, Ed, that that just really made me happy that you appreciated that. So there you go. And Corey Hulse, uh, nice email. Hi, gents. Hope all's well. Love the nerdy tournament talk. I'm in favor of more of it. Sure, got it. You talked about Fireball 2 in the last episode. By the way, Marty, mm-hmm. thank you for introducing that to me again. I don't know why. I don't think I've ever played that game. Yeah, and that's why I was... I wasn't just like, oh my God, Jeff, you're an idiot. I was like, oh my God, Jeff, when you get a chance to play this, mm-hmm. you are going to be fucking happy. Yeah, I was an idiot last episode when I didn't know Fireball 2. It is good. Corey writes, it happens to be the first game I own, and I made a three-minute tutorial video back in the day. Okay, it's on YouTube. You can check that out. Drop targets galore. His favorite Bally's from that era, he said, you can do these with a 2.0 code in no particular order. Fireball 2, Mystic, Skateball, Hot Doggin, Xenon. So that was sent to you there, Marty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, sure. We haven't responded to Corey, so we're doing it here on their podcast. Finally, I've been doing some reflecting on the year and was thinking about how appreciative I am of both the highly competitive community, the bigwig players who travel to the pro circuit events and hang out on tilt forums and Ray Day's Discord, and my own hyper-local community, the people we see week in and out at League and who support local shows and tournaments. Jeff, I'm sure you saw 
these local communities time and time again through your world tour, your U.S. tours. And I can't thank you enough for taking the time to uh, host them. Thanks, Corey. As an adult, before I got into pinball, I thought it would be near impossible to make new friends once I was out of school. But I very much appreciate all the connections and friendships that have formed since getting into the competitive side of the hobby, plus the genuine fostering of the local community. So there you go. That's why competitive pinball is fun. I never would have met you if it wasn't for competitive pinball and doing podcasts and and things like that. Anyway, yeah. So, so, but but again, he said he said on New Year's Eve he was able to get forty eight friends together, eat a bunch of good food, and get one last tournament in to count towards the the NACs, which is obviously the the nationals, right? It was a great way to end the year. And this is what I I sort of said when I was talking about somebody that wants to go to a tournament for the first time. Your goal should not be winning the tournament. Your goal should be making friends. Because once you make friends, all the other good stuff will come. And and I'm the same. Like the majority of people that I now have in my life are pinball people. And I feel bad sometimes that I don't have my old friends in my life. But I just have so much more in common with pinball people. Yeah, but they know what kind of dirty bastard you were before. So, I mean, yeah, like, it's kind of clean slate. Look at it that way, right? Yeah. <laughs> Where can people reach us? They can reach us at finalroundpinball at gmail.com. Instagram is finalroundpinballpodcast. Twitter is at finalroundpin. And Facebook, just look up finalroundpinballpodcast. Thank you for the feedback. We do appreciate it. It means more to us than anything else. It really does. Got anything else there, Marty? Did I miss anything? No, I think we covered a lot today. Good. I got a pack for disc, And you got to go to four pillars. Correct. Which I cannot And you get to produce this. Yay! (laughs) I'm okay with that. Thank you, buddy. All right, we'll talk soon. Thanks, everybody.